An Expert Explains with Brian Klepper. Today, Brian Klepper talks about the destruction of primary care, a short history. Relentlessly seeking value. This conversation starts out talking about the RUC, which is a committee run by the AMA who has the sole source contract with CMS to figure out how many RVUs any given procedure or service is worth. There are roughly four times as many specialists on this RUC committee as PCPs. You might be able to see where this is going, but let me let our guest today, Brian Klepper, explain how primary care got trampled by the goings-on. Brian Klepper is a longtime healthcare analyst and former CEO of the National Business Coalition on Health. My name is Stacey Rector. This podcast is sponsored by Aventria Health Group. Brian Klepper, welcome back to Relentless Health Value. I'm delighted. Let's talk about healthcare. Let's start out here talking about the RUC. So before we get any further, what is the RUC? What does it stand for? Who are they a part of, et cetera? The RUC, which rhymes with, you know, some of our favorite words. The RUC is a committee of the American Medical Association that in the late 80s got a sole source contract with at that time HICFA, now CMS, to identify relative value of every medical procedure. And it's a committee made up of 31 physicians, 25 of them are specialists and six of them are primary care. So the RUC, which stands for again? RBRVS Update Committee. Okay, so that's a mouthful. And are they part of the AMA? Yes. So the AMA made this argument that they'll take this hassle of a job off the hands of the of CMS. And what has ended up happening is that it becomes a horse trading exercise. Okay, so I'm just picturing the scene here. So we have the RUC committee, which, as you said, consists of 25 specialists and five PCPs or six, 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 PCPs. six PCPs. You're right. That adds yeah. up to 31, as you said. They all sit in a room and their job is to calculate the relative value units, as you said, the RVUs for given procedures and things. While everyone is campaigning to optimize the value of their own, of the procedures within their own specialty. So if I'm the, you know, radiologist in the committee, then I want my radiology, things I do in radiology to be the highest RVUs possible. If I'm a cardiologist, I want my cardiology stuff. As you said, it, it, it's horse trading and everybody's job, really. <laughs> you know, the reason why you get nominated to that committee is because you're good at that kind of thing. Right. And in the process, you want to neutralize primary care because the more primary care is allowed to do the things that they have been taught to do, then the fewer referrals are made. The object of the mission is to get patients around primary care and directly to the specialists, which is where things are more lucrative. Okay, so that's actually really interesting what you said there, because I had always been under the impression that the goal of the specialists in the RUC was to drive up basically the prices. But from what I'm understanding, you know, relative to primary care, that basically primary care just kind of got left out in the cold while you have 25 specialists on this committee, which four to one outnumbers the number of primary care people on the committee so that they just could get their way and get the higher prices. But what you're saying, 
And I'm just recalling the total revenue formula here, which is total revenue equals price times volume. It sounds like it's not only a matter of driving up prices, but it's also a matter of driving up volume. Because the more that you handicap primary care, you know, limit the number, the amount of time that can be spent, et cetera, the more visits there are, which equals volume, right? So they're kind of handling both sides of the equation there, it sounds like. Yeah, and that was really brought to a high art by the major health plans. So the major health plans realized they were aggregating patients and they could dictate who sees our patients and what services they provide. Let me just interject there. So you said it's brought to a high art by the major health plans, which frankly took me by surprise. I thought you were going to say it was brought to a high art by the major health systems. Why health plans? Because health systems came later, but the health plans realized that they were making a percentage of the total. So they wanted to make the total as much as possible. So they ratcheted that down. The PCP's response was to reduce the visit time of every patient, which in the process meant that they started making more referrals than they used to make. Which was exactly the plan there. Yeah. So the the health plans, you know, obviously they make money on premiums. So the higher the cost of healthcare, the higher the premiums can be. So you have that dynamic going on. What happened then? Primary care began to collapse. And at that point, People wanted to get out of primary care. This was all within a fee-for-service environment. When was all this going down? This began to come to a head by the mid-90s, late 90s. Hospitals realized that they needed to get their own primary care physicians and pay them reasonably well and then make sure that they were required to refer early and often into the mothership. And that's what happens. So hospitals began to buy primary care practices. The primary care docs were only too happy to let that happen. And now that has been amplified by the investor community that has now started investing in in primary care. And that's something we can talk about as well. Yeah, for sure. But let me just go back to the late 90s here, because at the same time this was going on, this was also the height of the HMO era. And what those HMO plans were doing were making everybody go to a primary care provider in order to get referrals. I mean, so to a large degree, PCPs were kind of locking down the locking down access. So That seems to be a counterpoint to what you're saying. How do those pieces fit together strategically? Well, the HMOs made a promise that they would use the very best doctors. But at the end of the day, they ended up finding doctors who would take the least amount of money. All this time, the hospital community was waging war against the HMO community, and it didn't work out. I mean, managed care began to fail. I guess I haven't answered the question very well. Originally did rely on going through a primary care physician, but all of that flew apart because managed care came under attack as being all about denying necessary care. Maybe the health plans had two strategies and they're like, well, we'll see which one works. (laughs) One of them is, you know, let's go for low cost. And then the other one was, let's go for high cost. And, you know, if if you're a strategist, you you can have two products in the market, right? It is not at all 
unusual to go into an independent primary care doctor's office and find out that he's making 120 grand and then go and talk to the primary care doc who is working for the hospital and he's making 240 or 260. I mean, the incentives that have been at play have been very formidable. This is one of the key areas of the current healthcare regime that's been so painful for the country. If you don't understand this piece, you really don't get anything about how healthcare really works, in my opinion. So if you were just going to summarize that piece, how would you summarize it? I would summarize it by saying that primary care has developed a reputation for being the easy specialty, maybe inhabited by the docs who are the least bright of everybody who goes to med school. And it's just not so. The complexity of what a primary care doc has to do when faced with a new patient. I mean, a patient walks in, it can be anything. It can be hormonal, it can be neurological, it can be viral. And in 10 or 15 minutes, that person has to go through a cognitive process where they figure out what it can't be and and is left with what it might be and go from there and either decide that they can manage the problem on their own or they need to send the patient further downstream to to a specialist who can look into it as well. It's a critical function and it has been neutralized by the specialty community to get the patients directly there and by the health plan community to make sure that the total spend is as much as possible because they're making money on it. And by the health systems who are trying to drive up every, who see every patient as a mine of potential financial opportunity. Links to everything discussed on the program today can be found at relentlesshealthvalue.com. Another cool feature is, you know, you can subscribe to the show so that every week the episode is automatically sent to you so you don't have to remember to go to the website to download it. Thanks so much for listening.